A bad bitch takes charge of her body, her boundaries, and her bank account. <laughs> What's up, bad bitches? Lisa Carmen here. And today we're going to talk about something that we don't normally talk about at the Bad Bitch Empire. And that is the shit that goes on behind the scenes, behind the highlight reel of being a bad bitch. And I will be honest because I've been feeling really burnt out recently, really anxious, really sad. I've been having multiple identity crises throughout the weeks. And my book, The Bad Bitch Business Bible, was just announced. And I've been feeling super overwhelmed by that. So Today, we are going to talk about how to be a bad bitch when you are a sad bitch. So today, I brought my friend, Anna, who's also a serial entrepreneur herself, to talk through how to deal with things like overachiever anxiety, perfectionism, the pressure that comes from trying to achieve big goals, and then the constant feeling of never being good enough. Rule number one, you don't need to be an alone bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually going to record this episode by myself. And then um, I told Anna and then she was like, maybe can I, should I interview you? Because it might be weird for you to be crying (laughs) alone in your apartment. And um, yeah. So even that was like, thank you so much because I didn't realize I needed that. One sad bitch to another. I know. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about like what has you sad. Yeah. So sadness is like this emotion that um, I feel like I haven't allowed myself to feel that much. Um, And I usually cover it up with productivity, achievement, and focusing on my to-do list. So I think the sadness has really come from just like feeling super burnt out recently. So I mentioned that the Bad Bitch Business Bible just came out. I've had a dream since I was a little girl that I wanted to publish a book and I wanted it to be out there in the world. Um, I spent all my time in the library when I was um, growing up because I was so shy that I couldn't make any friends and I didn't think like anybody wanted to be friends with me. So the, the characters and books became my friends and then my mentors. And so I always thought about if there was one thing that I put out into the world and I died after that, and like that was the only thing I left in the world and it was a book and that could affect millions of people um, or it could affect like one person and and change their life for the better, then I would be happy. And so when my book came out, what? Oh, sorry. I just want to interject there for a second. That it's so funny that there are like other things in your life that you have achieved that I feel like are way more like stereotypical kid goals. Like you were like, (laughs) world famous gymnast <laughs> but like when you were a kid you just wanted to write a book <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I thought I would be a writer an author and all these things and lo and behold here I am um but anyway yeah that's that the bad bitch business bible is a book that I've been working on for the past three years and so last week was the day that I officially announced it and I expect it. I've been waiting for this day to be able to share with the world this book. And um, rather than feeling excited and joyful and uh, I don't know, all the things that you would think you would feel if you finally achieve your dream, I just felt numb and stressed out, um, overwhelmed. And I was like, yeah. 
have you ever felt that feeling of like, I achieved this dream and it feels great. Like somebody hangs a gold medal on your neck (laughs) and you're like, what do you feel? You know, that's actually really interesting because through the last few years of my gymnastics career, I felt relief. That was the emotion that I felt. Because I, at that point, I expected that from myself. I expected that I was going to be a winner. I expected that if I was going to put all this effort in, I set this goal for myself, like I'm going to win the gold medal. So when I won the gold medal and I had that put on my neck, it wasn't like, hooray, I'm so proud of myself. It was, okay, I didn't disappoint myself. I didn't disappoint my parents. I didn't disappoint my coaches. And it's a relief kind of thing, which is a very like weird way of experiencing things. But that, I mean, that's one of the things that has been making me feel like really weird and sad, which is like, do I even know how to experience joy? (laughs) Were you taught it? Like, do you, is there anyone in your life growing up that you remember looking at and being like, oh, they accomplished that thing and they were happy about it. And they like basked in the happiness. Did anyone ever do that? Like in your presence when you were a kid, did you ever see that? No, not really. It was like even... Hmm? That makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. It was like, oh, you won the gold at States. Like let's regionals is next. Um, take a day off. And then tomorrow we get back in the gym after that and we keep training. So I've definitely, yeah. Like I've spent a lot of time during this period, really trying to analyze like, what is the root of my issues? And I think, especially when you are an overachiever, I think there's always a chip on your shoulder. And I I know I have plenty of chips on my shoulder. <laughs> like no one sets out to build the Bad Bitch Empire without some sort of chip on their shoulder. <laughs> so I am, I am willing to acknowledge that. It's not the quiet lady empire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think also being, having done a lot of self-work and coaching and just like, consciousness. Like I understand that this is an issue of some sort. And then there's, then there's the like self-flagellating, like, okay, even though you consciously understand it, that one should celebrate it, celebrate yourself. How do you feel it? And in addition, like during this period of time, I launched the Bad Bitch Bootcamp. And so we have a whole cohort of women in the Bad Bitch Empire who are going through this 30-day training program to learn how to love themselves, love their bodies, love their boundaries, love their bank accounts. And I record these audios for these women to motivate them on, you know, like, you are your most valuable asset. Love yourself. Enjoy life. Uh, enjoy and appreciate your strengths. And as I'm sending it out, sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm such a hypocrite. Like, I don't do these things for me. But I don't know. Sometimes it's easier to help other people do it than to help yourself. When did you start to want to feel that sense of accomplishment and like that happiness when you've like, completed something or like do you because it's interesting to me often like when you don't have something modeled for you as a kid the moment that you kind of learn that you want a thing that you weren't aware of or like that you didn't know about growing up I'm always like curious what that process looks like for people and like when when did you like realize that you did deserve happiness whether or not you could like find it that's so weird like 
<laughs> I don't even. Um, very hard question. <laughs> when did you? When did you realize you deserved happiness? Um, or do you have you realized it yet? Again, one of those things like I write in my journal all the time. Like things I know that you should write what you're grateful for, and I've done that. <laughs> And I know that you are supposed to write like what you love yourself for. And I've done that. And I've created training programs for that. Um, Deservingness is literally the root of being a bad bitch, right? Like own your worth, know that you deserve it. So I know, but I don't feel it. And I don't know if that makes, and this is like part of this whole like sadness identity crisis thing that I've been dealing with, which is. I support so many women and I've coached so many women on deservingness and especially when they're fundraising, right? Knowing that you are the opportunity. I get all those things, but I think one of the things that's very hard is to internalize it and then to constantly walk the walk as a bad bitch. Well, and it it makes sense to me that you would have like founded an empire because of your like love of women in your, you know that they deserve it. But maybe it's like an ongoing journey to learn that you do too. Like you're in the empire. Exactly. I mean, what has your experience been with it? With happiness? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I grew up in a household that celebrated achievements in like a pretty happy home. But when I went to college, it was hard because I, I had a very close family who was always like, great job good job. You look great. You're doing awesome, which is like such a gift. But when I left my family, I was like, wait, I haven't like internalized that yet. (laughs) Like, and there isn't like just people around me all the time that are like cheering me on and telling me that I'm amazing. And, and so it, it took me a while to like, and it, I mean, I still, I think I'm on a journey of like, you know, like my opinion is the one that matters. And is that enough for me looking in the mirror and like before anyone else sees me being like, I look great. And like, that's fine. I think that the biggest moments of joy for me have been like in my career, it's not, it's like, I can point to so many moments of these like high achieving times where I'm like, oh, yes, I did this thing and I was really happy. But it's figuring out how to be happy when you're not doing the thing that has been the hardest for me. But when I do that, when I have those moments of like, maybe I'm in between jobs or maybe things are just not going well and I just like sit with myself in a cup of coffee alone near my garden and I'm just like, it's okay to just exist as a human and not be accomplishing anything. And, and like, that's okay. It's just, it's okay to like be, you don't like have to do other things to earn good feelings. I think that always takes me like a very long time. I have to sit with the coffee alone for like, like 10 times before like on the 10th time, I'll just start crying and I'll be like, okay. I've like, I finally heard it, but you have to say it to yourself so many times. Yeah. And it it comes in waves. That's what I've noticed for myself too, that like when I put on my bad bitch energy playlist, sometimes I'm like, okay, let's, let's fucking do it. And I wake up, I go to my, I go to the gym and then I work out 
And then like midway through the day, I'm like, damn it, I'm fucking tired again. Like why? And then I start like the self-flagellating and I'm like, why am I tired again? Like, why aren't you doing this? Like you said you were going to accomplish these three things today. Like you haven't even gone through the first thing. It's already noon. Like what's wrong with you? Um, And so I don't think I even consciously realize when those narratives sometimes are coming up and that can happen in the same day when I am telling myself, I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, I look good and I'm a hot bitch. And then like literally a thought later is like, what's wrong with you? So it's just, it, 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 it does feel like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but you like leave your house to go out at night and you're like, I look great. And then you like have three drinks, get dehydrated and look at yourself in the bar bathroom. And you're like, girl, <laughs> you're like, I'm the same person I was three hours ago. Like, why am I? Yeah. I know that's different. So I was just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. this weekend, I will say. So by the time Friday hit, I was so exhausted. I had major insomnia like on Thursday night and I could not sleep till 5 a.m. And I was just like worried about the same issue over and over again. And I was like, I don't even know what the issue is. Like I, And I was telling myself, just go to bed because you thinking about it, overthinking is not helping. But then my brain literally would not shut off. And then the moment I kind of had it stop thinking about that thing, my mind drifted towards another like issue that I was dealing with. Um, and I just could not stop it. And then I put on a meditation. I like even, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to put on a Netflix show. And my, my uh, guilty pleasure is love reality shows like Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, Love Island. And- so, um, and I committed to this weekend just being like, you know what, it, I'm just gonna just be by myself and learn to find joy in my day to day. Um, so I spent all weekend just like, well, first of all, I binge watched the entire season, uh, four of love is blind in my bed on the couch <laughs> And I actively was testing myself because I never, I never do that. And so I was like, can I love myself even when (laughs) I know I am doing something that is so against my values? You know, it's not that I don't enjoy watching it. Like I love watching it. Lisa Carmen's hardest seat of life. (laughs) Benjamin season four of Love's Blind. (laughs) You're like, I was sweating at the end. It was the most difficult thing I've ever done. Okay. <laughs> and I got through it. And like, I I was like, I'm going to, yeah, I, I binge watched the entire thing. So it's like, I don't even know what it is. 10 plus hours of it between Friday night and Sunday morning. And I finished it. I learned a few things felt- about, I felt refreshed. Like I really felt fully refreshed. I felt like my mind had been like, you know, it's great to kind of fixate on some other people's problems for quite for a little bit, you know, and not be watching someone else solve the problem rather than me having to solve their problem. So that there there was actually like some interesting things going on because I was like, you know, I, I literally can't do things without being like, what lesson did I learn from this? 
season four of Love is Blind, there is a lot, uh, there's actually healthy love. It's crazy. I feel like I've only watched shows about like toxic love and like toxic relationships and dramatic. There, There is drama there, but there are actually like, there's healthy love example in season four. So um, I feel like I learned something from that. And I also, yeah, learned something about my brain too, which was like, it didn't actually turn to mush. Um, I actually felt refreshed and remotivated to go out into the world on Sunday and actually like enjoy my life. It's so I think it's frustrating, like the older you get and like the more, cause you were saying earlier, like, you know, you go, this comes in like waves. Like, you know, sometimes you feel like a bad bitch. Sometimes you're kind of a sad bitch. Sometimes you're a mad bitch. Like there's, but to me, the, the thing that I've fallen into recently that I need to let go of is just like, I feel like I'm too old for this shit. Like I'm too old for like a self-confidence crisis. Like I'm, I'm like, no, I should, I should like, I shouldn't be experiencing this again. Like I shouldn't be doubting myself again. Like I already know that I'm great. Like why do I need to tell myself again? (laughs) But it's like any loving relationship, you have to like tell the person every day that you love them. You have to tell yourself every day that you're great. And And I think it's really easy to like slip into almost like taking your bad bitch self for granted. So you're not like as, uh, yeah, I don't know. You like get on a roll and then you wake up one day and you're just like, oh, I don't like where, how do you get here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I like wrote the Bible. Why doesn't it feel good? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it, it, it is really like, it's like hard to see yourself objectively because you're always in yourself. And so like, I am not impressed with myself because I see the 99% of the time where it's the slog, it's the work. I'm in my sweatpants. I'm like doing all the unsexy things. And then like what people see on the house crying. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of crying. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm such a fucking mess. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And everyone else thinks that I have my shit together. And then it's part of keeping up with that facade. And then I feel I slip into, well, they don't know the real me. And now I'm a fake. Now I'm an imposter. Then you get into the imposter syndrome bullshit. And, I, and then, yeah, it's like, I thought I was over this shit. I thought I literally, like, I don't even believe in imposter syndrome. And here I am feeling like I can't live up to the image of what other people see me as. And weirdly enough, it was like, yeah, but you created that yourself. You worked to create these achievements. You worked to be seen in a certain light and to be respected for your for your work. And now that feels like a burden. Um, so I, that's another thing I've been grappling with, which is like, have I created, like I worked so hard to create my own thing, to leave the corporate world, to become an entrepreneur, only to realize that the thing that I've created for myself within this entrepreneurship journey, it's like, like now you've created the monster that you must tame. It's like the Frankenstein thing, right? Like you've created it and now you have to deal with it. And now you like live in this life. I think that kind of taps into like this piece of wisdom that I got in my early twenties from Dushka Zapata. And 
she talked about like, so I was in PR at the time and she was like, there's PR is a roller coaster and you can choose to get on the roller coaster or you can stay off it. And that means like, don't get on the roller coaster at the high. Like, don't like, like you can jump on for the good and like, and the bad. And if she was like, don't get on for either one. And I think that to me, because like so often my career is like a thing that brings me so much joy and fulfillment that I like lean a little too hard into the victories. And I just like chase one after another instead of being like, you know what? I just need to like be okay and be happy off the roller coaster when like nothing is going on. And like, I'm just sitting with a cup of coffee and I can just kind of like be with myself in like a nothing time. But it's so hard to do. <laughs> I mean, I know that the root of... So it's like there's the, the Enneagram test, you know, and like your type, which is... Mm-hmm. You, can, you can Google what that. are you? I am the achiever, obviously. <laughs> um, what is this? Is like a, it's three? No, there's like nine types in the Enneagram. I think, yeah, type three. Type yeah. three is the achiever. So anyone who's like anyone listening to this, you can just Google the Enneagram test and you can like take a free one and figure out what your type you are. Um, but every type we has like... Leave it in the comments. Tell us. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Um, the, the route that allows the achiever to achieve is um, the feeling that they are worthless and unworthy. So that if you don't have your achievements, like, what the fuck are you? Like, do you even have worth? Can you tell us about like Lisa Carmen? Not Lisa Carmen gymnast, not Lisa Carmen entrepreneur, not like, like, what are you for like the first 10 minutes in the, like, who are you? And what do you love about yourself independent of all of the things that like we know about you? I think I'm a pretty nice person. Um, I think I'm very thoughtful. I think that I, yeah, I think very deeply about things and that can be a superpower, but it can also be a, to a detriment as we've talked about overthinking. What else do I like about myself? I really like that I take action that I'm a big thinker, I'm a big dreamer, um, and that I don't just talk about things I'm going to do. I actually do them. Um, so when I think about like... Like at like a shocking pace too, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which is like, I'm going to write a book and then I actually do write a book or I'm going to launch a fund and then I actually do launch a fund. And, um, you know, literally we're building an empire and... To have the audacity. Do you ever scare yourself? In what way? Do you ever like have an idea on Wednesday morning and then on Thursday morning you're like, oh my God, I did it. <laughs> like, are there, sometimes for me, I'm like, I'm in one mood and I like get something done and then I'll like wake up two weeks later and be like, I started a company. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... When I feel really amped up about something, I know that I have a period of time when I'm really amped up about it. And I'm like, 
I better fucking execute that now before I let doubts creep in, before I let like other people's opinions creep in. And I think when I'm in like beast mode, I think maybe that's what I should call it. Like bad bitch beast mode. mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't know if I scare myself, but maybe in those moments I am really proud of myself. I'm like, I am so like, I'm such a, I'm such a bad bitch. I'm just fucking doing it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's like my that's courage, right? That's like courage to actually take an idea you have in your head and turn it into a reality. So maybe of all the things like that's really something that I pride myself on, which is that. And then subsequently, the ability to inspire and motivate other people to believe in themselves and their own dreams and do that through my words. It also seems like there's an incredible courage and just the effort to be kind to yourself. Like you've acknowledged that there was this moment where you thought you were going to experience joy and you didn't. And you've taken a minute to like inspect that and like unpack it and figure out why it happened. And, and you're like, making this incredible effort that so many people don't to like be nice to yourself and to help yourself be happy. And just like the pursuit of that, I feel like is such a bad bitch thing to do. Like, you're like, I know, like I did this thing and I do deserve happiness, but I didn't feel happiness. So like, let's figure out what, what's going on there. Yeah. So it's, I think also it's like giving, giving myself grace, like the active pursuit of giving myself grace. Um, like there are definitely things that I've said or I've done that I'm not proud of. And I think in the past, I mean, I still do this, you know, when you regret things that you say or do, you like replay them over and over in your head and you're like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. But increasingly I've started to realize like, ruminating on the past is not the best thing to do. And it is also, so it's like you either room over, overanalyze it or you ignore it and like suppress the feelings of like any negative feeling from the past. Um, and then like somehow react to it in your present moment. And I think I've just started really being like, you know, I am only human. And sometimes I do, do things out of frustration or anger, or anxiety or stress or whatever, but like it is okay to give myself grace because I'm not meant to be perfect. And so, so yeah, I think I'm, I am proud of myself for my self-awareness too, or like the active pursuit of that. Yeah. What are you proud of yourself for? There've been a lot of moments in the last year where I have felt like I could have like hardened myself against a tough thing. And I have chosen vulnerability more like more and given myself permission to do that. And I don't know. So I like I had a baby March of last year and went through some like really intense sleep deprivation. And it was my second kid with my first. It like I was in the middle of COVID and I like really had to do everything by my well, like everything with my partner, but we didn't have like other people in our bubble for a while. And 
I didn't like learn how to ask for help even from him. And this time around, I was like, I found myself falling back into a lot of the same, like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm good. I'm like running a company. I have a baby. I have a toddler and like, I'm fine. And I allowed myself earlier on to be like, I'm not fine. And like, I don't know what to do about it. Like, I don't have a solution because I kind of like, I need to keep doing all of the things that I'm doing. Like, I can't, I don't see a way to like stop any of them, but I would like, I tried to choose more like moments to just like ask for help or like just kind of admit like I'm not okay. And I'm like sad and I'm tired and I feel like incredibly fucking human. Um, And uh, yeah. And I'm like proud of myself for like acknowledging that. And like, and a couple of times it like didn't go well too. Like (laughs) I was like, come to someone and be like, I'm sad, I'm tired. And they were like, yeah, like sucks to have a six month old and just like, no, like no, no help. (laughs) And I would be like, okay, like, uh, I guess like I'll, I'll try that again. And, um, and I feel like previous versions of me would have just been like, oh, I'm never gonna ask for that ever. Like, I'm never gonna put myself out there that way again. And now I'm just like, you know what? No, like connecting with people is worth being vulnerable. So yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother topic, even just like asking for help, right? When you are trained to be like hyper independent, we can do it all. We're super women, you know, we work, we balance it all. We take care of ourselves. We take care of other people's. We have our jobs. We have like, and to show any sort of weakness in terms of actually, I don't have my shit together is really tough. Yeah. I've, I've also had a really hard time, like just being like admitting that I need help. Um, and like admitting that I don't have it all together, which kind of goes back to like, I feel like I've presented this, like I've got my shit together thing out on, I don't know, every like social media and like everything else. I think for me too, I'm always worried that like, if people hear that I'm not okay, they won't bring me their shit. I want to have relationships where I'm like, you know, like I'm kind of a mess in this area right now, but like, we can also talk about your stuff and like, you might be a mess in this area right now. And we can all like bring that together. Cause I think, yeah, especially as women where we, we have to be like the rock that people lean on emotionally. And, um, and it's, I think for me, I'm like, Oh, well people not like want to come to me with their stuff. If they, if like, you know, they're like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, no. And they're like, Oh, you know what I'm talking about where it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm always trying to make space for somebody else's feelings. So I don't like show mine. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely see that. And then I think another thing to add on to it is like, I feel like if I talk about my issues and I'm complaining and I'm being an ungrateful bitch and like, because I'm very aware of the privileges that I have, that we all have, right? Like if you are a woman who's making money and you get to pursue something that you're passionate about and like that matters to you, like if you're, if you're living in any of the major cities, like you have privilege, like you're not starving, you've got food on the table, you've got like friends, you get to, you know, go out to dinners and, and I'm like, who am I to be complaining? Like, 
if I say I have issues or I need help or I'm sad or I'm overwhelmed, are people going to be like, oh, boohoo you, you know, like you who's got a book deal and you who gets to like work on your entrepreneur thing and you who gets to like, and I'm like, and I know that. And so I'm like, therefore my conclusion is stop being an ungrateful bitch and like shut up and just work. Like that's where I think and is like the best word because you can be grateful and sad. You can be happy and sad. You can be incredibly fulfilled and sad. Like people are complicated on any given day. I'm like, yeah, my life is amazing. And I'm kind of sad about this one thing or everything is perfect, but something in me is like unsettled today. And I want to like take time to look at that and then continue to enjoy the rest of my life. Because yeah, I think we don't off, like sometimes we don't inspect feelings because we're like, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> like sadness shouldn't be a part of this equation or like anger shouldn't, I just like, I shouldn't feel this. So therefore like I won't feel it. Or for me, a lot of times it's like, um, yeah, I could be sad about this, but it's really unproductive and it's not going to like get me to where I want to go. So like, I'm not going to like entertain that like, uh, unproductive emotion. Like for me, anger is really productive in a lot of like business settings. And so I'm like, okay, I can like channel my rage and like get stuff done. Um, but I have a hard time with anger in like personal situations because I'm like, well, I don't want like, I don't, I don't like, like it. I don't want it. It like, wasn't a thing that showed up for me in childhood. Like I just, <clears throat> so I have a hard time being like, I'm mad at you for this thing that happened. Yeah. Inconvenient emotions are the worst. Yeah. I was listening to this other podcast where they were talking about only one question that matters. And that question is, what are you unwilling to feel? Because that's going to be the thing that kind of like, like what's, yeah. What, what is it that you're unwilling to feel? What are you suppressing? Because that unlocks a lot of things. And then from there, how is not talking about this thing serving you? Yeah, how is not talking about it serving you? So is for you, is it like joy sometimes? Hmm. It's weird because when I listened to that podcast, I immediately was like, what negative thing if, am I not willing to feel? Like, am I not willing to feel anger? Am I not willing to feel sadness? That's interesting. Am I not willing to feel joy? Okay, how is... Well, maybe in like certain context, like maybe you feel joy, but like, in this big moment where you thought you would, you didn't let yourself. And there's like, like something there. Yeah. I mean, one hypothesis I have is like how to find the line between success and complacency or like being proud of yourself and, and joy and then becoming complacent. So maybe I'm just, I'm just like hypothesizing here. Maybe there is some part of my subconscious that's like, if I allow myself to celebrate and feel joy, then I might become too complacent and satisfied and then lose my drive to push and succeed, which is the way my previous operating system has allowed me to succeed. I spent a long time not even entertaining anti-anxiety medication because I was so in love with my anxiety for what it enabled me to do. 
<laughs> like I was like, I hate it. But also like when I get anxious, I just like can do things and flawless, like just like get shit done and get it done so well. And like, I finally got to this place where I was like, let me explore what it would be like to accomplish things without that like feeling. And I found that I did much better work, but it, it was like, I think maybe one of the scariest things I've ever done was like, give myself permission to just work, to just work, period. But I still, I mean, I still miss that feeling. But I had a psychiatrist tell me she was like, it's really common. It's like really common for women to not want to like actually cure certain things that like cause them pain because they also like like what the pain gives them like I bet there's a part of you that like enjoys the results of your perfectionism yeah I mean it's like I definitely didn't get to where I am today without my perfectionism and my like achievement orientation because it's like it's everything that I've been fighting against in myself, which is like my first podcast that I put out back in 2015, 16 was the enoughness podcast. And so you can still find that podcast on, you know, everywhere podcasts are found, but the very first episode of the enoughness podcast and the genesis of it was really me recognizing in myself that I have this feeling that I'm never good enough and it doesn't matter how many things I achieve externally, like the whatever I achieve externally, it's never going to be enough if I don't fix the inside of myself that feels like it's not good enough, which is like what a lot of people experience. They're like, they hit a goal and then they're like, next goal, bigger goal, more goals. And it's just never enough because the goalpost keeps moving further and further. And so I did like 20 plus 30 episodes of that. And then by the end, I was like, I feel good enough. I get it. I unlocked the key, like the key unlocked the whatever secret. <laughs> and I now know, I understand that I am enough. And this keeps going back to this like intellectual understanding that I am enough as a human being. We are all worthy. We are all beautiful souls. But we live in a certain kind of capitalist society that is like all about still proving yourself through what you do and what's on your LinkedIn and how many followers you have and how much money you have and what, how much does your house cost compared to the guy next to you? And like, so it, it's like, there is this dichotomy of what on the one hand people are preaching about like being enough. We all are worthy and then the way our entire society is set, which is to say, you are not worthy yet. You are not enough yet. Keep accumulating things. I also think it's like the absolute most po like powerful thing that you can do is step outside of patriarchy and capitalism and colonialism is telling you about your own self-worth. Like any, any moment you have, whether it's like a nap or like, like anything you can do to resist that is, is a moment of power. And, and that, yeah, like, <laughs> can we have like a bad pitches take naps? Like, 
<laughs> I mean, there's, there's also um, this idea of like this feeling of heaviness that I've been feeling recently, which is like the burden of responsibility of being, I mean, whatever it is, like a leader, a creator, an entrepreneur of, you know, whether you're leading a community or you're leading your family or you're leading a company um, or you're leading a team. But like the more I do, the heavier the burden becomes. And what that then creates is this automatic reaction of leaning to protect yourself. And I was thinking about this idea of like armor and how like so many of us create these defense mechanisms to like protect ourselves from things. Um, Like, for example, a lot of people, you know, the more you accumulate, the more successful you are, the more money you have, the, the less you trust people. You know, because because then people want things from you. You don't know if there's ulterior motives, and then like you develop this defense mechanism, um, and this idea of like there's a certain point in your life where you realize like the weight of the armor that you're carrying is just too heavy, and the thing that you thought was protecting you is actually keeping you from being seen and known as your authentic self by others. And I've been having that sort of feeling as well, where it's like the perfectionism, the overachievement, the like anchoring of goals and being like achieve big goals. Like that, is that actually armor that is keeping me from allowing my full self to be seen? That is keeping me from actually sharing the gifts that I can share. Well, we all appreciate that you've shared your gifts thus far. Thank you. And I think one of the cool things about the Bad Bitch Empire is like, yes, like uh, the more it grows, the more like responsibility falls on you. But also like the message there that like every, every bitch is a bad bitch. Like uh, you're like, you're just like empowering so many women to step into their like individual power and like yes, relying on each other, but you know, like, it's not like you've created a cult where like everyone is so dependent on you. It's like a really beautiful thing that you're building all of these people up as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what are some actionable takeaways from this? I think like, I, I wasn't kidding with the first one, like never, like you don't have to be alone in whatever you're feeling. And thank you for like sharing this because I feel like it's so relatable to so many people and like other like people in the community hearing that at this like huge moment, you felt sadness. Um, I feel like gives us all permission to sit with some of those uncomfortable feelings that we all have as well. So yeah, like I think knowing that you're not alone and like sharing how you're feeling with other people. One big thing I've learned from my own therapist, but also like every therapist on TikTok is like <laughs> identifying the feeling and like letting it like sink into your body and just being like, okay, like sadness is here. And like, what is that? Like what's happening right now? And just like checking in with yourself. Um, Cause yeah, I used to just like dismiss things really fast and be like, ah, I just keep going. Do you do all of your TikToks? Are they mainly therapists? 
<laughs> um, it's like therapists and homesteading and gardening. It's like cows, dairy farmers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, mine is mainly like uh, girls talking about how to not date toxic men. <laughs> how, to, how to know your worth. Um, and then like every once in a while I get like a spiritual thing, like some TikTok. Oh, I love the like random witch in the forest that you find right. on TikTok. Just, she's like casting spells and you're like, yes. Um, <laughs> I want to be like running. She's like running and all there's like a, um, there's this one woman, I don't know who she is, but like she renovates her whole house topless. And it's just like the shot, the content is just like her from behind. So it's just like her pants and like bare back. And she's just like doing all of these things like <laughs> topless. And I'm like, God, goals, man. Like I wish that I lived in the country and could just yeah. like walk around like that. I mean, also like, why couldn't we just, you know, paint the wall of our apartment room or cardboard box in the back <laughs> naked you know do we need to be a witch in the forest like what if I'm a bad bitch in a condo <laughs> yeah so be a witch anywhere yeah that's true I mean I definitely I definitely would have been burned as a witch during the Salem witch trials oh for sure yeah <laughs> um but I love I love that like I, I grew up in like a very like anti-witch, witchy community because it was like um, anti-witchy. Well, it was very, I like grew up in like an evangelical community. So it was like, um, and I was like terrified of the Wizard of Oz because of the witch. Like I was just, I like, I don't know, in my childhood, like I feel like witches are always like oftentimes bad. And, uh, and yeah, within the last like 10 years or so, I'm just like, I just love this idea that women have these like, like secret sisterhood powers. And obviously like, I'm not like bleeding out a goat to like do a love potion or something, but I just like, I like the idea of, of like magical feminine power. <laughs> Which we all have. If I were to leave you all with a takeaway, um, and I want to be able to practice this myself. So I'll take it from my own experience. And that is um, to spend a day binge watching. No. Um, <laughs> I really think that that's good advice. <laughs> what? Is that good advice? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think sometimes like, there's like mindless television can be kind of meditative. Like you just need to like, just like do the thing. Yeah. yeah. So yesterday after I did the whole binge watching session, I did bike across to the beach for like two and a half hours, three hours. And I was just listening to music. I was listening to podcasts and, um, I came back and I started working on the bad bitch empire website and, um, our, some of our fund investments. Yeah. Kind of just getting ready for the week and, so maybe it's Netflix, maybe it's the beach, maybe it's all of the above, maybe but like really knowing good. the thing, like things that you can do to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Giving yourself permission, giving yourself grace, whatever that looks like for you. So like there are times when I'm like, oh, I feel kind of unsettled. I'm going to like bake bread or fold laundry. And there are other times where I'm like, I feel unsettled. I think I need to just lay on the floor for like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I just, love laying on the floor. 
Like uh, on my porch, I don't have like porch chairs or like balcony chairs, but I do have a rug, like this like fluffy black rug. And so I just like to lay on the balcony floor. Um, yeah. Yesterday I was like laying on my living room floor and my son came over and just like laid on top of me. And I was like, oh my God, best weighted blanket ever. <laughs> yeah. like, he's 14 months old. Like he's never still. And he just like yeah. came and like laid down. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Anna, thank you for coming on and creating some space to talk through these um, these I hope challenges. other people feel like they can tell us to like share your sad bitch, bad bitch moments. Yeah. Share what's ever going on. So I think it's like, I mean, I, I think a big part of this is really just like releasing shame and guilt and like the, which still is very much the good girl brainwashing, right? It's like, I like continuously on this journey, I'm like, I thought I healed. I thought I broke through the good girl brainwashing. I thought like I was done. I thought I overcame the unworthiness. And I think it's like remembering in some ways, it's like that in and of itself is like, it's almost like an act of rebellion. It is like, I always say like loving yourself is an act of rebellion because everything in society sets us up to make us feel insecure behind, not worthy, not good enough, not deserving, uh, selfish, whatever, whatever it is. And especially as women. So I think just like remembering that you are enough, I'm going to remind myself that I am enough. Um, and just like, keep going. That's all I got. That's all for today. Bad bitches never settle. Keep going out there and crushing it. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, tag me at Lisa Carmen Wang, and make sure you check out thebadbitchempire.com for events, courses, crypto, and other cool shit. Thanks for tuning in to The Bad Bitch Empire.